Hello there. Thank you for tuning in to the Living Authentically podcast. We offer these downloads freely, and your support really makes a difference. To offer a donation, please visit www.authenticliving.life. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's funny from the book. I was I, I started at four, when I was fourteen. It was uh, Richard, Richard Hitzelman's Guide to Yoga. Do uh, uh, you remember? Yeah. With a, on the front cover, you know, kind of thing. And uh, uh, what else was it? There was that that, uh, that woman who did yoga, Lynn, somebody or other. For yeah. her, I used to have yeah, I used to have some records of her. So I used to kind of do all that book in one hand, kind of in the other. So yeah, fab. Great. Well, um, what to say about this? Hmm. What I'm hoping to encourage in you is, because uh, it's not me doing anything, it's all about you, uh, is to kind of come back to the consciousness where you start from, kind of the source of your life, which is what lies behind the mind and behind the emotions. It's the thing that comes first in us. I just call it coming home. Uh, you can call it lots of things. And uh, whilst I'm not aligned to any religious group or movement or anything like that, it's, it's, that's a very definite choice to not kind of be part of a, a, a kind of another culture, as it were, uh, but to kind of be separate from that. Um, you know, you'd find very similar meditation within Zen. Uh, hey, Andy, fantastic. Oh, no worries. You find very, very uh, similar meditation in Zen. Uh, you'd find um, sort of Vedanta to kind of, kind of be touching on a lot of the same stuff. Um, but... What's, what's really interesting is how many books there are on meditation, especially at the moment. Uh, there seems to be an awful lot. And in fact, I'm probably going to add to the pile <laughs> quite soon So because um, I keep thinking about doing something and I've, I've got a, a possible connection. You know, a publisher might want me to do something. So, um, but the thing is, I, I, think, I think about it being a bit like apples. You know, so, uh, you know, if you do your doctorate in apples, you can know every single thing that there is to know about the apple and the apple tree and the growing conditions and everything. But unless you bite the apple, you know nothing. And, um, and so I think a, a, a lot of uh, sometimes how we approach things is we try to kind of, we're trying to kind of get beyond the mind with the mind. And of course it can't be done. Um, and I see this often, I'm, I'm gonna talk about this in the middle. I always, we have two sits and then in the middle I, I kind of give a little kind of input. Uh, and I was gonna talk about this a little bit in the middle tonight. Um, 
of how I see, and I'll come back to it, uh, very often somebody kind of get a sense of their consciousness for a second, and then you see the mind take over again. And there's that belief that, that, that we have to somehow satisfy the mind. Uh, and until that is done, there's no kind of forward motion. And so the way this works is quite different because um, it's, it's not that it's different. The, the, the meditations that call themselves mindfulness and so on, they're on, the, they're on the same sort of track. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to kind of work with that material. Whereas, it may, you know, it, it may not be necessary to do that. It may be. It depends on, on the relationship of the, of the meditator to their consciousness. And, and there's no kind of judgment in, in saying that. It's, it's just depending on the circumstances of our lives, the conditioning that we've had, uh, the way that we're living right now, uh, and the things that we've come to believe in and identify through. Uh, it may be that, that you know, it, it needs a little bit of time for those things to kind, of, to kind of settle. And there's two approaches. There's one which is like kind of climbing a ladder, and that would be more like kind of yoga, mindfulness, and so on, where you take a kind of graduated approach. Or there's, there's this way, which just sort of says, you are life itself. Let's start living from there. And that will kind of clean out that stuff as we kind of go along. So let's not worry about it too much, because you are already alive, you know? Uh, and that's a fact. There's no spiritual or religious belief necessary for that to kind of uh, come into you. You know, you know you're alive. You know, you don't need to think about it. Although I have seen people think about it, uh, you know. Uh, but there's no need to. You know, you can feel it. And that's where we begin. None of it is coming from a you-have-to-believe-what-I'm-saying place at all. See for yourself. Test it for yourself. Please don't believe a word that I say. And um, just, it's just about you finding what's true in you, what's original in you. That's it. And if, if, if I'm useful in any way, that's wonderful. And um, <laughs> so tonight, what's in my mind, <laughs> or today, it's uh, about the voices in the head. Quite honestly, because uh, I've been meeting uh, the, the voices in the head quite a lot this week in people, uh, and uh, and the other, the other and the other bit is the fear and the voices when they get together. So that's kind of uh, uh, quite interesting. So anyway, I always take this little bit to um, either kind of kind of reflect on kind of the theme that seems to have appeared, or if there's any kind of questions about practice. Then, then we can kind of talk about those. Uh, one thing Mark was saying just while we were here is just that, you know, during the practice, you know, thoughts were kind of coming up and things like, I hope you don't mind me saying. It's, it's kind of a quite a typical sort of thing. And, um, uh, and, and one of the uh, things we've been sold, uh, again, uh, sometimes with uh, so-called spiritual practice um, is, is that <clears throat> the mind has to be silenced or overcome in some way. Uh, um, and so uh, we try to kind of um, 
steel ourselves against the, the thoughts that are arising and so on, which of course is absolutely against the mind's function and so is not possible. If the mind will quieten as we come back to consciousness, as we kind of actually stop fighting with it and just come home again, that's what we really need to do. It's that bit that we forget to do. Uh, we, we're so engaged, you know, however many years we've been living, we're so used to kind of mind versus mind that that's what we go for. Uh, and the problem is when you fight mind, you get mind. And that's all that you get. You get more of it. Uh, you know, don't think about that person that you're not meant to think of, who you've really got the hots for. <laughs> Boom, you're in hell, you know? And you mustn't tell anybody about them either, you know? Or et cetera, you know? And, um, <clears throat> yeah, and there it is like that. You know, you can't do anything about it. So um, it, it's just finding ways initially to uh, allow yourself to come back to that kind of quieter place. It's not making a position of quietness or, as, I, as, as we said, making a meditation face, you know, or going around claiming to be something, or I am a spiritual person, you know, I've done all these things, la, 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 la. Um, you're either alive in the second that you're in, and in presence, or you're not. And that's it, really. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. And uh, I don't know about anybody else. I can only speak from my own experience, but I missed so much of my life and wasted so much of my life by being in the future, by wishing I was with that person, wishing I wasn't with this person, uh, wishing this would stop, wishing those noises outside would go away, you know, uh, wishing this wasn't going on in the world, protesting about this over here, which is okay, it's all fabulous to do. Um, but <clears throat> there's very little we actually have much influence over. Uh, and um, eventually I just found that I was really wanted to be alive in the second that I was in, in the moment that I was in, in the breath that I was breathing. Um, and it was then that things sort of started getting a bit different, really. And, and what seems to happen is that as we, <clears throat> you know, we're not going to sit once and then everything's sorted out. I've, see, I've seen so many people turn up to meditation things, the one-day course and things, right, I'm going to sort my life out today. You know, I'm going to do this one, one sit and that's going to be it. And, uh, and it's a bit like the experience thing, you know, hoping that it cuts your life off. But um, your life is unfolding exactly as it needs to. Our lives are unfolding just as they need to because they want us to meet something. Uh, about, not about the circumstances necessarily that's happening, but because life wants us to end suffering for ourselves. But where we just kind of go around again or meet things in unawareness, suffering tends to continue. Uh, and and it, I think life tends to use suffering as a, as a medium of communication because it gets our attention. Uh, but we're not very good at attention, even with that, you know. We don't, we don't seem to learn from history very much, uh, looking at this species 
I'd say that uh, we don't really learn our lessons <coughs> very well. But individually, we can do something about it, which is just keep coming home. And the, the piece that, you know, St. Francis said, I don't, you know, I don't know if you know the saying by St. Francis of Assisi, the thing that we're seeking is what is seeking. The thing that we're looking for is what is looking. We're already it. You know, we're already the thing that we're looking for. But um, again, we might believe that we have to change our lives in some way uh, to become a good person. Again, I can only, you know, come from my own experience. I know nothing about how anybody else has lived at all. But I wanted to be good and I wanted to be loved. And, uh, you know, and I thought if I did things in a certain way, if I went to the gym enough, right, then uh, I might become acceptable. And if I prayed hard enough and meditated hard enough and did enough yoga and was a nice enough person, somebody might love me one day, you know. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's all bonkers, really. But, um, but taking care of ourselves physically, sort of emotionally, you know, um, meeting the things that have come into our possession with gratitude, our pots and pans, our cars, our teeth, uh, you know, um, our bathrooms and so on, is uh, a wonderful way of expressing our life and, and kind of, of giving back to ourselves. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but actually, you know, just starting to have gratitude for what's simply with us and our bodies, our wonderful bodies, the fact that we can take a breath right now is a miracle beyond all miracles. The fact that the heart is beating, that the lungs move, that we're here together in this room is just astonishing, you know. Um, that's not what I was going to talk about at all, actually. Um, But yeah, just because we're kind of thinking about what meditation does, I suppose. So I think what, what seems to happen is, is that as we just keep coming back, and it can be a quite a frustrating thing at first, oh God, I've got to keep doing this. It does seem like quite a lot of an effort at first. Uh, because we're just not used to relating from consciousness. We've got out of the habit. We've got into, into a habit of mind uh, or into a habit of feeling. Uh, not that we shouldn't be having feelings. We're not trying to get rid of them. It's just that we're not interpreting them properly because what we're doing is we're meeting them with, well, most people don't feel their feelings, actually. Most people feel resistance to their feelings and then... I am not going to allow this thing in. So they never meet the feeling and receive its message. What they're doing is trying to not be destroyed by that thing, which is entirely an imagined thing of what's going to happen. So we're in this kind of resistance armoring cycle, maybe because somebody did something to us in the past. And so we're just, going to do, we're just not going to meet anything that feels like that ever again. You know. Um, And so it's not about ripping that off and kind of throwing that away or even trying to change that at all 
kind of externally, but just by coming back again and again and again to consciousness, we actually get a bit of space around things. You know, reaction changes to, re to response. That's the most amazing thing when the day that we don't react to a thing, but we respond to it. And we have choice, you know? Uh, and there seems to be a bit of a space around things. And this is one of the early sort of things of meditation, one of the early gifts, perhaps we might call it. Um, we also perhaps stop living through things as much. Um, I tend to find that, that when we don't practice, then we acquire whatever it is that we, 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 you know, we, we're into, records, uh, beer bottles, I don't know, uh, you know, handbags, uh, jewellery, whatever, you know, large screen TV sets. Um, and again, absolutely nothing wrong with any of them because they can all be used in amazing ways. But they're not us. That's not us. We're that thing that we can't talk about, you know, life. I'll, I'll just call it life. And um, but even that's open to such misinterpretation. So just forgive me. Um, and this is what I did want to talk about a little bit, just for a minute. Uh, just a couple of times this week, I've seen... I've seen the fear in a couple of people this week and not, not commenting about them or judging or anything. That's not, I, I'm only talking from love here. I just wished I could just say, I, I wished I could have gone, you don't need to do that. You just don't need to do that. Let's just sit here together, you know? But wanting, somebody wanting to be seen to, to be a certain kind of person or to say the right thing. And, 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 and uh, one person I was sitting with uh, whenever a certain sort of thing came up, they said exactly the same thing. It was like a, a trope, a spoken trope that they had, which was to kind of present a certain face. But what I noticed, because <clears throat> what I tend to do in meetings and, and things now is this thing that we're talking about, presence. I just sit in presence rather than saying a lot. I just tend to sit in presence. Uh, and try to actually meet the people that I'm with. Um, because to be met is the, is the loveliest of things. And, uh, and I also want to be met myself. And, um, and it's almost like that, you know, that the, the, these fears kind of come up. So I don't know if they come up for you during meditation sometimes, the fear kind of kicks in. And so we, we kind of, we, we grab to our identity, you know, the, the, and whatever that might be, um, it can be sort of a national identity, it can be identity of our intellectual status or spirituality or religion, it can be identity through our family, you know, look at these things that I have, look at these things that I've achieved, um, or knowing stuff, that was mine, you know, I have this brain that, that seems to be able to write books, so look at me, I write books. You know, look how amazing I am. And um, and I've written down here, you know, where does this come from? And I've not written an answer down. <laughs> I just, it's just, I guess, I just guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, 
is that it, it, it's interesting to reflect on this. If we find that in ourselves, where does it come from? You know, because uh, I think we all do it. So where is that coming from? Uh, and for me, uh, whenever that outward motion kind of takes place, it's it's because I'm just not based in in that truth, uh, and I, so, so I feel unnourished, and so I create for myself an identity. You know, oh, I want somebody to like me. Uh, you know, I want to kind of, I think in order to get on with this world, I have to put this face on. So I don't dare risk just being myself, or we don't dare risk being oneself in the workplace, because what would the other teachers say? What would the, the other bin men say? Or, uh, you know, what would the other people who live on my street say if I was just vulnerable and myself and, and kind of, you know, would I have anything to say at all? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but sort of living with these, these faces on and living with, through these kind of set menus of words, it just seems such an empty, empty thing. And I know that we all feel it because like, you can see that almost like the disappointment written into people's bodies. Uh, and the armoring that kind of comes onto them, and uh, and yet there's no magic solution for it apart from attending to our own lives, you know, and that which is not magic, it's just what we are, and so by living falsely, we live falsely. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, we also have the means to not live like that because this is what we're doing here. This is what meditation is for. That's what the spiritual life, if you want to call it that, hopefully is about, you know, rather than acquiring another thing to make oneself look like something else in someone's eyes. It's so that we actually are alive and we then we don't have to wear these things anymore. You know, and you can still express yourself in beautiful ways. You can buy a gorgeous shirt and sparkly shoes and, uh, you know, and uh, you can watch your movies and uh, uh, do whatever, you know, ride your bike and uh, all, everything because we're still in a body and we're still living this life. So it's nice to express that life rather than, than hide it, you know. Because I, I actually hear people say things like, you know, all I want to do is have some time to be myself. I've heard that because I used to work in schools a lot. Uh, and in the staff room, I think it's the most heard thing I've ever heard is in the holidays, I'm just going to be myself. Uh, or all I want to do is settle down with a bottle of red wine and be myself. One day when all this is over, I'll be myself. And, um, and I don't know, where, where, you know how you've heard that, but you, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it from people. Maybe you've said it yourself. So again, it's just an encouragement to kind of let's not do that anymore, really. Let's stop living through things. But that can't be done by forcing ourselves. But it, it comes with attending to ourselves with love, you know, and our pots and pans, and our cars and our teeth and our bathrooms and so on, you know. Uh, because we're worth it. We're really worth it. I forgot to read this poem out before, so I want to read you this. Because um, I normally start with a poem, but uh, 
I've, I've really fallen in love with this poet, Joy Harjo, who's a, a Native American poet. And, um, um, and I actually, uh, at my, for my mum's funeral, I used one of her poems. Um, and so I've just been kind of looking at her some more. Um, and I just really like this. I was looking at this this morning. I just thought I would share it with you. I'm not afraid of love or its consequence of light. It's not easy to say this or anything when my entrails dangle between paradise and fear. I'm ashamed. I never had the words to carry a friend from her death to the stars correctly or the words to keep my people safe from drought or gunshot. The stars who were created by words are circling over this house, formed of calcium, of blood. This house, in danger of being torn apart by stones of fear. If these words can do anything, if these songs can do anything, I say, bless this house with stars, transfix us with love. <laughs>